Hey, it's your old pal Slim, and this is 70mm, a podcast for film fans just like you. And with me, as always, is my close friend and artist, Danny Haas. Hello. And our close friend and movie insider, Proto Alexis. I'm tired, baby. <laughs> Every episode is connected to a theme for that month, and this time it's Faves Month Volume 2. Each of us chooses one of our favorite movies to cover this month. So my first pick, I get two, mm-hmm. somehow, is Carlito's Way, starring Al Pacino and a host of amazing other actors. And you can use the chapters in your podcast app to skip right to that discussion if you want. Mosh! Left to review. It'll set the stage for our conversation, perhaps. Uh, (laughs) Quote, this felt like one big prank on me. It's honestly so bad in many, most ways, yet somehow is entertaining enough with a few good scenes that I think the movie was made bad on purpose? What? Mosh up to his old tricks again. Breaking news, I'm getting a lot of DMs. My DMs are popping off. You know, I never reveal a, a full DM conversations, but all I can say is it's been popping off. The Dune 2 reactions Jesus. are out on mm. social media. The critics are allowed to give their social media reactions. That includes Letterboxd. Mm-hmm. Um, and guess what? It's real good. Real good. They're saying that this is in the top echelon of sci-fi better than the first. Well, that wasn't hard to do. Mm. Way better than the first. So I want to get Proto's thoughts. You're our resident Dune expert. You've read the books. You launched a podcast about Dune. You left that podcast. <laughs> launched and, and left. stayed with us. But what what are you what are you feeling right now about <sighs> Dune 2 reactions and social? I, I'm excited. Um I rewatched the first Dune. In preparation, mm. because we saw that were, it's imminent, the Dune Two release. It is so close that I had to. Uh, I couldn't wait anymore. I was Gosh. afraid, you know, what might happen with my schedule. Could I get mm-hmm. like, you know, six days in a row of kids being sick, you know, and mm. not be able to watch it before I see the Dune Two? So I just had to make it happen now. And um, it was a great, it was a great rewatch, honestly. Uh, I had yeah. a fantastic time. This is now my third viewing, but I think it's my, um, I mean, I guess I, what, what year did Dune 1 come out? Was that 2021? Yeah. 2021 sounds right. Yeah. Five yeah. years ago. I don't think I've watched it since then. So it's been like three years, I guess, or two oh. and a half, whatever. Um, and I will say this, that it felt much better to watch it now knowing that part two is right around the corner um, because it's like, hey, you know, you're not getting out of the theater and thinking, well, I have three years to wait for part two. No, we have two weeks to wait for part two. This story is continuing. We're getting the final chapter. So I am, uh, I'm very excited. Not only that, but you're leaving, you're not leaving the theater wondering if there will be a part two. 
mm, you know, that's right. potentially being scammed by the director and producers into thinking that there might not be a part two. It's real. Yeah. It's done. Yeah, it's that post credit scene of, you know, to be continued was a shocker, really, in the yeah. theater for a lot of people. You went up a star. Did you say that yet? You went up a star on your log job. Yeah, I went to five stars. Um, uh, you know, so I, uh, something I said in my review is that uh, this movie gets better when you watch other modern movies, especially in just terms of the the you know the CG that's that's used. Uh, you no one is doing it like Denny. Maybe Zack Snyder. Maybe the only other person I can think of is is Gareth Edwards. Thank you. Um, you know, when I saw the creator, I felt like that movie was up to par with what Denny is doing in a third in of the Dune. budget. Yeah, a third of the budget, which makes me wonder, like, why, um, you know, what what it is about the machinations of a of a studio that there's mm-hmm. only so few people that can have movies like look this good. I'm sure there's a, a many reasons that are unknown to me, but I wonder if it's like something that the fact that these guys have been like in their prime for the last twenty years as like studios and technology has continued to shift they can they know their way around these things to make a movie um come out the way that they wanted to uh because i mean denny really does it and i was just really impressed how dune it at at no part did i feel like it falters you know you can watch a great movie and you'd be like oh you know we say this all the time like oh there was this moment of cg that just it didn't look that great or you know they Mm -hmm. they rushed through this I didn't feel that for a second watching Dune. Like, it just looks so crisp. It's the whole world is believable. Um, yeah, so this was easily my favorite viewing. <laughs> just watching it at home on my on my TCL 4K TV. Um, had a great time. I cannot wait. Do I need to rewatch this on my LG OLED <sighs> in my basement? Oh my Ahead of Proto and I going to a press screening Tuesday to see Dune 2 in IMAX. Holding hands. You know, like Thelma and Louise going off the cliff. That's going to be us in the IMAX theater. Right off the cliff. (laughs) Your your limp arm will be... uh, Excuse me. I don't know where I was going with that. (laughs) Live workshopping, okay? Sometimes it happens on this show. Uh, So it sounds like there's... Going to be a part three. We're in the same boat again. Everyone just calm down. Really? We're just going to get into it. It sounds like there's going to be a part three. You know? Here we go. Uh, that's, that's the, that's. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm just saying, if it ends in a to be continued and they haven't officially announced that like, yeah, it's happening. Why don't they just say it now? Right? Like, do they have to wait until release weekend to be like, okay, yeah, it's happening. You know? You don't need to <coughs> trick me. Does this, does this end the first book? It's hard. It's hard to say, right? I think you would expect it to at this point. I, I'm guessing that th- this movie will. If I had to make a prediction, I'm going to say it's going to finish all of book one, and mm-hmm. there will be some kind of teaser scenes of the second book uh, teased into it. Maybe, maybe a scene, maybe a character that's not in the first book who's important in the second book will make an appearance, or maybe they'll have some kind of flash to the future to end the movie um, to show, you know, and kind of get people excited for the next part of the story. What's the third book called? Is it Messiah? Messiah. 
So no, the second book's Messiah. The third, I think it's Children of Dune. We're still in the first book, Slim. Oh, because there's like, I've listened to your episodes of Dune book discussions and as such on Escape Hatch. So I already am aware of like a big spoiler that happens in the series. Mm-hmm. I'm just wondering if it's going to happen in one of these movies or not. Mm. So that's all I have to say about that. Everyone calm down. Everyone, you know, I actually just posted just not too long ago on our Instagram at 70 mm pod on IG. Give us a follow. I posted a question. Should we cover Dune 2? I did a poll. Oh, what were the answers? In favor of yes, it's 100%. What? Yeah. 100% of our Instagram friends want it to happen. A full-on episode of Dune Park to you. So. The people have spoken. Spoilers, it is happening. We, we are doing, doing Dune <laughs> <Spoilers>. to us. <laughs> Regardless of the results of that poll. But we can just say that's how it happened. It's going to be from our Instagram friends. Yeah, they did it. But I, we haven't heard much from Danny about Dune Part 2. You know, I would do, just before we move on to discuss our plans for, for the next few weeks, how does it feel to be so close to movie magic, Lawrence of Arabia um, on film, better than Empire? Some of these reactions are saying. Yeah, I know. I, 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 since it's just the two, the three of us. Talking, just the three no of us. Can, it's just us. No one else can hurt me. I don't care. If this movie never came out, I wouldn't care. Right. I, I think I stopped caring after our episode 91. You I don't care if fish Dune to 2 fry. comes out. Why? I'm not even re-watching the first one to be prepared for this. There's nothing to be prepared for. Nothing happens in the first one. Right. So what, what do I want to be preparing myself for, for the second one? Zendaya okay. on screen for 30 seconds. But in all of the Everyone, this materials. is Danny speaking. Also, <laughs> this is Danny saying This things. is the other white on the show. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see it because we have to cover it for the podcast. Right. For the podcast. I'm, I'm, I'm so, I just don't care anymore. It's, it's, it's a, you know, it's, it's a comfortable place for us to share these feelings. I know. It's just the three of us. Yeah. It's just us. Can no be honest. One, no one can it's hurt us. Space. I've read our iTunes reviews. No one can hurt me. Okay. <laughs> you can't hurt me. <laughs> All of that to say is just a reminder you can skip right to the, the section of Carlito's Way. I know everyone's here to listen to Carlito's Way discussion. You can skip right to that discussion later in the chapters. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we we put a poll out to our patrons to choose the theme for March based on suggestions from our interns here. Has a vote ever been this close? That's all I can say. We're no. not going to reveal Never. the results uh, until we cover Dune. We're doing a special immediate recording for Dune to kick off March. We're actually recording on that weekend of release. We've, it's never been done. Um, mm-hmm. But the four movies, Perder, do you have the list in front of you? Do you want to rattle off the four option, four options that our interns suggested that now will be voted on to settle what theme we'll have for March? So this was by far the most popular category. This had maybe four or five votes from our interns. Yeah, it was heated in comments. Sexual Michael Douglas Month. Mm. <laughs> in in which we cover movies in which Michael Douglas is sexual. <laughs> I think there was like a letterbox list. It was something like movies in which Michael Douglas ruins his life because he's horny. It's <laughs> like, a large percentage of his filmography during a certain period of yeah. time. That's true. Uh, so that's number one. Number two, Oscar snubs month. Mm. 
Yeah, this was which a is a pretty. We're not even really sure how we would, um, you know, choose movies so, around. It's this. open it's ended. Very I feel like yeah. open ended. Like I, I don't think uh, Wizard of Oz was nominated for Best Picture, so that could be one. You know, that's that's in play. The Wizard of Oz is in play. That was a snub. I think that was a that's snub. In play. Nobody checked my there facts are, on that, but there are a few lists on Letterbox um, that are kind of like this, like movies that should have been nominated. They aren't very trustworthy though, because some of the movies on there, like I've gone to look, I was like, there was a movie like Cinema Paradiso, mm-hmm. which we've never covered. That's you know has a cult following. That movie like won a couple of awards and was Please. nominated for a bunch of stuff. So it it doesn't really count. So you got to be careful. Yeah, be so careful out there, everyone. Can't trust every list on Letterboxd. Uh, third category: ninety minutes or less. A banger category. Hell yeah. We've had mm-hmm. a lot of people ask for this in the past, too. This has been yeah. recommended a couple times. Mm-hmm. And then finally, the fourth is May the Third Be With You, where we cover the third movie in a franchise. <sighs> Alien 3, anyone? You kidding me? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, 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 uh-huh. yeah, 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 yeah. Return yeah, of the yeah. Jedi again. <laughs> <laughs> the Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> Oh, wait, did we not do a real episode on that? Was that just a commentary? The Rise of Skywalker? Oh, wait, sorry. I was thinking of... <laughs> I was thinking of the third prequel. Yeah. Uh, that episode, sorry. Rise of Skywalker. Oh, my God. We, I had to put my marketing hat on. If, if we're When we're doing those movies, it's going to be big. Oh, yeah. It's going to be big. Okay? We had to pay for ads for those. <laughs> Yeah, I'd put some of the slush fund behind <laughs> behind that month, I think. Forget my new headset. We're a marketing <laughs> cross. Uh, so I think voting will close, you know, maybe the day that we record Dune 2 or a few days before we record Dune 2 on that weekend. So get your votes in while you can, patrons. Uh, let's say hello to some of those patrons. Curtis, Annie, and Max all joined this past week, got access to our Discord uh, got access to voting on many things upcoming in the future. Hunger Games episode was out. Dawson's Creek episode. MASH, the pilot episode. Sing Street and Swingers just around the corner. Um, and discounts on merch. Prince, Danny's Prince gets discounts on that. Uh, does anyone want to talk about anything they watched this week besides Proto? Danny, did you watch anything this week? Any TV? You know, I, did, I did watch... Did I watch TV? Uh, I mean, I'm still going through Masters of the Air or the Sky. I can't remember what it is. Loving it, but I, I, I continued on my World War II movie uh, watching because on my wife's podcast, uh, Fun Sexy Bible Time, uh, they were making fun of me, poking at me, watching all this war stuff recently. <laughs> Called me a war husband. My God. Um, but the, the movie Flags of Our Fathers and um, Stolen Valor, Letters from Iwo Jima was brought up. So I watched Flags of Our Fathers, um, directed by Clint Eastwood. Mm. And it probably should have been directed by someone else who knew how to direct a movie. Oh my God. Oof. Um, because it's a good story. I didn't know this. You know, the, the story of the, the soldiers that placed the flag at the top of Iwo Jima. Um, and it's 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 fine. It it just feels it felt real silly. Storming the beach felt real like 
let's have fun with blowing up people's bodies. There was a moment where a guy runs into a grenade and his head like comically flies over someone laying in a bunker and like you see his head and it looks like, um, you know, in, in Raiders Lost Ark when Alfred Molina's head gets stuck on the spikes with his like mm. tongue hanging out. Amazing. Like moment. that's what I saw. And I'm like, this is silly mm. for a story that's supposed to be like super serious. There's moments where they like sticking their hands under people's ribs, trying to fix things. Like that's not how you fix anything. What are we doing? I, I'm not a doctor, but this is wrong. Mm. I know this. I've read some some things about Eastwood's like directing style. I think I've heard even maybe Matt Damon or someone else talk about it, about how he like, he'll do one take and they're, they're moving on. Like he's, he's like infamous for only using one take and then just moving on to the next shot. (laughs) It's annoying because it's a great story. And it honestly felt like he was trying to be band of brothers with, um, he adds in like interviews. Like he like does a flash forward, flashback kind of, interviewing but he's interviewing people acting i think to be like in brand of brothers they interview the actual men in the war this felt like staged and it was just Mm. weird i don't know i love the story i didn't love the movie but i'm looking forward to watching letters from iwo jima Mm. next because it's he did that one too but it's like that's from the perspective of japan it's it's like it's in Japanese, oh, interesting. Um, subtitled, etc. So I'm looking forward to watching that one. Hmm. Oh, I watched 2010. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You sent us his fit in that movie, Roy Scheider. Uh, Roy Scheider wearing the same. This maybe this is just his style, but he's keeping mm-hmm. up with the Amity Beach style <laughs> in, in space, space exploration. He's wearing his <laughs> shorts, short shorts. What are those boat shoes? Is that what those are called? Like the style of shoes that he wears on the beach? Spearies. Yeah, I wanted to watch this ever since we did 2001 A Space Odyssey. And I know Art, our close personal friend, is rated pretty highly. Um, But it is pretty much like just a kind of just a sci-fi movie that is connected to 2001. Like they, um, Roy helped develop the original Discovery. And the Russians reach out to him and say that like, yeah, we're both going back to the discovery but we're going to make it there faster mm. and I, I haven't read the book that this is based on but they offer him a trip like you can come with us if you want like if you want to get there faster and like bring a team so they put a team together and um, one of the other guys that goes with him is the the inventor of Hal the guy who oh, created Hal like he goes to kind of suss out what went wrong with Hal um and I, I, I've known of the quotes, like the make no landing here. Like you just kind of know out of context that that quote is famous in sci-fi. Um, but it was cool to see, you know, there's like a, some pretty large resolutions to a lot of what took place in 2001. Not mm. necessarily like answering the questions of like what everything was, but a lot of things get answered. I thought it was okay. I gave it three and a half stars. There you go. Not bad. It's on Tubi right now and Roku. Goodness. All right. Before we get into Carlito's way, I got to give out our free year of Letterbox patron who I had it up here somewhere. Let me see. Actually, there's a pretty, there's like four reviews that made me chuckle this week for Carlito's way. Uh, let's see. I think it was Jack who won this week. Quote, uncut gems, but for dads. <laughs> Carlito's way. I mean, I like uncut gems also. Um, let me see. There's another one up here. 
Liam left a review. Is it time to bring cheesecake back to the bedroom? Goodness. <laughs> Maybe it is. Crush holy cow. For Carlito's way. Um there what was the other one? <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. Logan left a review for Carlito's way. Three stars. Um Thank you, Tubi, for always knowing the perfect moment to cut straight to Fox's new game show. Quote, can you guess this meat with Mario Lopez? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So it sounds like the Tubi ad experience was not desirable. But I think Jack won the free year of Letterboxd Patron. Congratulations. And then just a reminder, you can get 20% off Letterboxd Patron whenever you want using the link on 70mmpod.com. Proto, let's get into it. Episode 206, Carlito's Way, Faves Month, Volume 2. They said it couldn't be done, but it's happening. Carlito Bragante is a career criminal serving 30 years in prison until his time is cut short after five when his lawyer and friend Dave Kleinfeld gets him freed on a legal technicality. With a chance at a new life, Carlito vows to never return to crime, but instead save up enough money to retire to the Caribbean with his old flame, Gale. However, his reputation remains and follows him as he manages a nightclub where figures from his old life haunt him. As his savings near completion, his friend Dave calls in one last favor to make them even. Gale tries to talk him out of it, but Carlito only knows one way. Carlito's way. <laughs> Have mercy. Uh, all right. So I picked this movie. You know, it was, uh, admittedly, it's a gamble. Last couple years ago, I, wa- I rewatched this. I gave it five stars. I loved it. And I like begged people not to watch this movie based on my rating. Because I knew that the cloud of the fog surrounding my love for this movie is very thick. Um, so without that fog, Proto, when had you first watched this? This wasn't a first-time watch for you, was it? This was a first-time watch for oh, me. Oh, okay. My gosh. I had never seen this before. Um, and really, I don't think I really knew anything about it. Like, I don't remember ever seeing this on TV, like a clip of it or anything. Um, I mean, I knew the name, of course. You know, I remember seeing this poster, uh, iconic poster, Mm. by the way. Loved the silhouette of him up against the wall. Absolute banger. Um, But yeah, I have no no history with this movie, um, you know, other than just Pacino. Mm -hmm. Our boy, Al. You had this lock, though, if I remember correctly, Danny. I think I've seen a review mm-hmm. from you for this. I'm not sure if it was when you last logged it. I think it was in like 2021. I went through a bunch of... It may have been you. You may have been trying to defend that Al Pacino was a good actor. Um, so I, cross. I, I took you up on that. So I think I watched... I think I went through like Dog Day, Serpico, Carlitos, Scarface... It, may, it could have also been around when we watched Godfather. But I can't remember now. Oh. Um, so yeah, I, I logged this once uh, a couple years ago. I was excited to watch it again. because I couldn't actually remember what I was whining about in my review. So <laughs> this is all my reviews, me whining. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> your words, something. not mine. Okay. <laughs> um, 
I'd love to rewatch Scarface. Scarface was, I feel like, was big when we were younger, but then as soon as you like grow up, it's it like escapes and it's gone forever. Like no one talks. No one really doesn't he play talks a Cuban Scarface. in that one too? He can oh, do it all, baby. He can, he can do, do everything. Um, I think I I read the booklet of like the little Arrow 4K that I bought that he was just coming off of Scent of a Woman where I think he was nominated and won. He won, yeah. So this was like a big, big deal. I mean, he still had some movies coming out. Like Heat was after this. Devil's Advocate, The Insider, Any Given Sunday, Insomnia. So he still had some some bangers coming out after this. The Recruit, remember that with Colin Farrell? No. Yeah, no one does. Oh. Wait, what was The Recruit? Was it a, a cop movie or is it a football movie? No, the recruit was a cop movie. CIA, right? Yeah, he's like a CIA training Colin Farrell, who's like new to the CIA. Banger, three and a half star. Colin banger. Farrell month when? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> everyone would want his like modern movies, but we would pick like that and Phone Booth and movies people would Daredevil. Hate. Daredevil. Daredevil. <laughs> yes, God, I want to watch Daredevil. <laughs> um, so my backstory with. Carlito's way is is the West Coast video backstory. I think I, you know, oh. I worked at the video store, greatest job ever, six bucks an hour. Um, take whatever movies you want at home. You know, just picture a world where there's no digital media, folks. Yeah. You know, and you work at a video store. Dream like, world. It, it is the candy store. You have the, mm-hmm. the skeleton key to watch everything for free because you work there. So I'm like discovering all these movies for the first time. And I think I came across Carlito's Way while I was working there. It was like 2000, 2001. Um, and also just like, it's so great. It was so great to work at a video store because you would get the movies early. Like the DVDs would arrive, mm. you know, presumably weeks before official street date. And the stickers on the things would be like street date, you know, March 1st, do not sell before whatever. So you pop that bad boy open, you take it home. You know, I'm taking home these movies. I got a big weekend ahead of me, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, so that's where I, you know, I watched a lot of these movies and it's where I've seen a lot of the posters. Like we talked about it in the Swingers episode, but like that's where I saw the Swingers poster. You know, you walk down the aisles of a movie th- movie place and you're like, mm-hmm. oh my God, this fucking poster. What is this movie? When you were working there, were you, um, were you still living at home? Like, were you with siblings at all? Uh, my siblings had moved out by that point. So it was just me at home with my parents. Okay. Where your parents, would they be like, hey, Matt, what did, what'd you bring home tonight? Did, were they kind of, you were the in guy? Carlito's way. Come home with a bucket of chicken and like four VHS tapes for us to watch. Um, I'm trying to think, my my dad would probably be the one asking me like, oh, what 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 came in this week or what are you watching? Um, but he, my mom probably wouldn't even give a crap. I, I'm trying to think, I, I had like a VHS TV in my bedroom that I used oh. to watch. <laughs> I think it might have even been a, v- and then I hooked up a DVD player to it. And I remember, was it Kurtz or one of another friend of mine? But when X2 came out on DVD, mm-hmm. you talk about like the Super Bowl. When that movie was released <laughs> on DVD, you take that thing home Tuesday. Oh my God, what a time. Um, so I think I had like my own, I had, you know, a room to myself just to watch these movies. So all that to say is that's that's my backstory with. Carlito's way and it's always stuck with me over the years as like a kind of like underrated Al Pacino movie and I know that's a weighted statement so I'll go first around the room little round table segment 
Um, and it's gotta be Al. Yeah, I'm gonna let's mm-hmm. get into Al. I won't name names, but I did get some DMs, people agreeing with me. But his charisma in this movie, the way he like presents himself, the way he sits on a couch, the way he <laughs> stands, the way he kind of sachets down the street in a leather duster, and his beard, his hair, his sunglasses. He looks incredible in this movie. This is like, I think this is my favorite Pacino. And I know I could get the actual inverse of my <laughs> statements from the both of you, but there's something about his cool factor in this movie that I can't get over. And it, maybe it's because I saw it when I was younger and I had seen like Serpico and then I watched this. I'm like, oh my God, this guy is the coolest dude alive. And that nostalgia memory has like stuck with me over the years for so long. So, Proto, I'm curious how you viewed Al in this movie. You know, he he plays, um, you know, like a Puerto Rican assassin drug dealer in this. Yeah, um, I will say, I'm just trying to look at the movies I've seen him in. Yeah, um, I I love Al in this too. Oh, honestly, um, oh yeah. I, what I'm, I'm I'm looking at the list and I'm trying to think of like where I would like rank this in terms of like performances. I mean, it's so hard because he's in so many different movies. Yeah. Like you mentioned Heat, um, you know, Scarface, of course, The Irishman. I recently watched Dog Day After Afternoon, The mm. Godfather's. I mean, any um, given Sunday. Yeah, I mean, there's just like so much. So it's hard to like kind of carry those all and try to like weight them. But I do feel like this role, he, he, like I, I think he's like the perfect fit for this. Like everything that you're saying about like the, the charisma and the machismo and the, the sense of being like this experienced con who knows exactly what's happening in every moment. The way he like moves through his club. That scene where Benny Blanco comes up to him, oh my and that gosh. interaction, like. <sighs> It's all so good. Yeah, yeah. I, I really did love him in this. And I, I didn't really have any gripes because I did I did read some reviews where people were like, oh, you know, they were kind of turned off by his performance. But I don't really think, to me, it didn't come off as like overdoing it with, you know, how he's kind of known now. Mm-hmm. I didn't really get that. I think I think it kind of toes the line enough um, and, and comes off believable. Right. Danny? I also um, agree. And I, th- I think one of the things I like about Al Pacino in this is he feels very comfortable in this role. And you can tell, like, it, it's almost like he was definitely born to play these mob boss kind of very talented or very um, expertise in this kind of underworld area of film. And... um yeah, the club scenes, there, there's just something about when he like gathers with a group of people, like when he sits down with a few of the men towards the end, when you know he's got to make a run for it, or his interactions with Benny are just, I mean, Leguizamo is like off off the rails. Mm-hmm. I love him. Um, but even when you get to like the moments of him trying to win back Gale, uh, there's just something about his experience, even as an actor, but even as an actor in this kind of mob boss kind of role, he just he's just so comfortable with it, and you can, it just shows. Mm-hmm. And he just he's just so cool. I don't know how he moved with that leather jacket the oh whole time. God. It was down to his ankles. <laughs> um, and it was like just take boots? it off. He probably could have gotten away if he would just taken it off. 
<laughs> he also he has a moved. great right. He has like a very distinct run where his arms are like <laughs> yeah, he's trying he to does. like get out of a tight shirt, like the way his arms move side to mm-hmm. side. There was a there's a shot that I wrote down speaking of him running when he had to run out in the rain. I think when he went to go watch the ballerinas from the rooftop. He does like this. Like arms out to the side, run while he's trying to duck on the rain. I laughed so hard. It <laughs> yeah. was great. Trainer linked to Steve Martin running. Yeah, it's a very distinctive yeah. run for very sure. Very much a Steve Martin homage. <laughs> uh, Pardo, what's the top of your list for this feeling? <clears throat> top of my list, I consider this movie to be a part of the Grand Theft Auto cinematic universe. <laughs> <laughs> I think Elaborate. the thing that that sealed the deal is Sean Penn's character, Dave Kleinfeld, <laughs> the coked out lawyer mm-hmm. who has yeah. this unbelievable uh, riverfront property. Oh, the, my God. This scene where he is in his house screaming at his friends for doing coke off of every single surface <laughs> inside the house, outside the house, people having sex in the lawn furniture. Get an HJ. Hey, Louie! Louie, you fucking chicks, give me a hand job right in front of everybody. I got guests here, for Christ's sake. People are eating. Take it easy, Dave. Uh, you take it easy. You got any manners? You want to fuck a fucker like a normal human being? Take her in the bedroom. People, huh? <laughs> yeah, like, it's just <laughs> the lines that are coming out of his mouth. When I saw like that scene, I was like, this is a cutscene from Grand Theft Auto. Like, I have played this mission. And then the fact that he goes down to Carlito is like, hey, I need your help. There's a guy yeah. who's going to jump in a river. We have to take my boat and pick him up and save him. Like, that is all a Grand Theft Auto mission. Um, so I, I thought that was, like, hilarious. Like, just the how wacky parts of this story were. But how I also felt like I've I've lived this in a video game, or like yeah. this could be a video game. This this whole this whole movie. You're right. Mm. Carlito's Way expansion pack. Oh, <laughs> GTA Online, oh, yes. another billion dollar DLC, another billion dollar year for them. <laughs> but yeah, like even when he first gets out, he goes to the pool hall to do a small job. That's it. That's a mission right, right there. Yes, getting to the train yeah. at the end of the game is a mission. My You're God, right. sheesh. Hold B to take off jacket. <laughs> Hold B to take off jacket and run 10, 10% plus faster. Speed boost. <laughs> Hold on, I can't talk. I got to take off my duster. I'm going to fail the mission. <laughs> yeah, Sean Penn is is Something nuts else. in this. Like I wrote in my, like Sean Penn, every time he's on screen, I like just cheer just because it's so weird. And I had read in the little booklet that he had kind of like stopped acting for a little bit and he was directing, I think, uh, potentially an Oscar nominated film, which I added to my watch list. I think it's called The Indian Runner or something. Excuse but me. But it, it's, it reminded me of, you know, Al is playing kind of like a character that's whatever, not him or is. But then Sean Penn is playing like, what do they call that? Playing against type? You don't, I mean, at least in my opinion, I feel like we don't see a lot of playing against type anymore. Like and mm. I and, oh I see and what I, you mean yeah yeah like what did you know that ask yourself like what is Sean Penn doing as this character like it's so mm-hmm. rare for it's not this is very unlike him in a movie um, I don't know it just kind of harkens back to like I guess you could say it's like maybe maybe actors are just like not willing to gamble as hard because if it goes badly it'll really go badly 
for them if mm. they try to, you know, play against type. I don't know. But yeah, I, I love Sean Penn in this movie. I thought he was incredible as a dirtbag lawyer. I thought he played that role like really well. And I think it was a cool, um, because it's like 144 minutes, it was like a really nice progression from what felt like when we meet him in the very first scene of the courtroom and he's kind of sitting there while Pacino does his speech to the judge. He didn't feel like out of control or on coke or, you know, a million dollars in debt to like some mob guy. Like he just felt like a kind of like a straight lace kind of lawyer a bit. And then his progression through the movie, getting more coked out, you know, running for his life basically to, to planning this boat chase scene in that Adidas running suit, which was incredible on him. <laughs> oh my God. I just thought he played this role really well. And I agree. It does feel like he could have played Carlito. Like that felt like in the line, the vein of like his acting kind of career, mm. but he plays this, this, this dirtbag lawyer. Also the way he looks as the dirtbag lawyer felt very out of line for what Sean Penn what I expect from Sean Penn, like Mystic River and mm-hmm. yeah, stuff like that, Sean Penn movies. Um, so yeah, I think Sean's, I think he's just kind of great in this. Yeah, that's kind of wild when you think of things that I've seen Sean Penn in recently. Yeah, like even you saying Mystic River, yeah, he is more of, from what I remember, more of like a Pacino character. Like he's mm-hmm. a criminal in that, I think, right? But then even recently, like the show The First, uh, oh, right, that was on Hulu. A banger. <laughs> God. You know, where it's like if I like if you hold those two people up, you're like you'd be like, there's no way this mm-hmm. is the same guy. There's he's no only, way he's kind of become like a character because I remember when the first yeah. came out and we were talking about the first. Like when I suggested that people watch that show, it's on Hulu. <clears throat> I got the biggest eye rolls and guffaws mm-hmm. when I suggested people watch this Sean Penn space vehicle. Like mm-hmm. it was almost the most insane thing I would have ever said to anyone. And I guess he 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 kind of has become like a weird political caricature he's got like these weird views like i'm not saying anything about his views but he's out and about oh. in like strange settings that you wouldn't really see someone like him i guess but and, and people kind of view him modern day as that but he does have mm. a pretty storied acting career i think yeah and and hair as well um danny top of your list uh the top of my list i think my favorite bits of this movie i think the camera work is pretty fantastic in this film I think it captures uh, character movements pretty well. It feels very like De Palma. Like it really reminded me of um, what he eventually does in Mission Impossible. Like there's a very, mm. really good camera work. It feels very Hitchcocky and very noir. Um, I think even when you get to the final chase in the um, in the Grand Central Station, there's there's just some long, really long takes that. Um, that just really like uh, accentuate these kind of performances almost to the point where there was so much where I felt like it could have been like a stage play. There's just, I don't know, there was just something mm-hmm. about it that felt very stage-like. Um, but I think the camera work is fantastic in this film. Anytime he's walking through somewhere, like walking through, like entering his club, walking through his club, um, the pool hall scene, like there's just so much really well done camera work. There's a, there's a panning shot where he's like, when he's doing that thing where he's walking around the pool table, like oh. trying to set up that whole situation to where he has the angle, just incredible camera work in this film. Mm-hmm. It's the same cinematographer. It looks like for most of his movies, Stephen Borum. 
So yeah, same cinematographer. Killed it in this. Snake Eyes, Body Double, Mission Impossible, Untouchables, The Outsiders. Um, so we know Proto's thoughts on Snake Eyes. So I'd be curious what you <laughs> thought of the chem work, Proto, in this. Yeah. Uh, so I recently watched Blowout, and that blew my mind. Mm. Um, I love that movie. I thought it was amazing. It was like, yeah, like really impressed by what De Palma did in that. And I, yeah, I agree with this. I thought it was fantastic. There's so many shots that were just like really compelling. Like the camera trick he does with him on the gurney where he like flips it around and then pulls it up. You know, you see Gale upside down and then it comes back around to seeing Carlito. Oh, yeah. The scene yes. where they're in the he's in the nightclub with the 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 four Italians that are coming oh. to kill him. That going around the the table there, just like an incredible shot. Um, it actually kind of reminded me a little bit of like Spike Lee. I feel like from like Do the mm. Right Thing or like Malcolm X. They just have like this really this this flavor of shooting things that's very noticeable. It's not like oh that's just a nice shot. It's like the way they move the camera. It's like it's very clear that they're doing something specific and uh, it, you know kind of in your face. But mm-hmm. I I loved all of that. I I, I even like the he would like kind of like turn certain angles and stuff and just give it a real real style to it that that I enjoyed and I I think that felt really that fit really well with the the noir tones of this yeah it does feel like on this rewatch specifically like I you know I knew of the noir aspects but it did feel more of like a Hitchcockian almost homage of like those characters that get trapped and they try to escape and then mm-hmm. maybe they do or don't like the train station stuff is especially this time around i was like oh mm. now i can totally see the kind of hitchcock influences um part of what did you think of your boy um aragorn oh yeah, my wheelchair gosh talking to carlito almost unrecognizable yeah i could be honest you got everything man i mean come on Look what I gotta fucking go around with. Fucking diapers, man. I got fucking diapers. I shit my pants every day. I can't walk. I can't hump. You know? Go ahead and kill me, you cocksucker. Yeah, Vico showing up. That was a surprise. Um, yeah, that was definitely a surprise. The, you know, what Vigo was doing before Lord of the Rings, I don't really know. Like, I don't even know what his movies would be other than this. I don't know if I've seen any, like, pre-Lord of the Rings Vigo movies mm-hmm. off the top of my head. Um, it's It was, I mean, this cast is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Like, there's so many great performances. Like, I, I loved everybody in this for the most part. Um, they're just so colorful and, like, interesting. I mean, the John Leguizamo characters, mm-hmm. like, crazy <laughs> um so yeah i i loved uh what's his face Vigo. i also love the uh, the da like norwalk the guy who yes. has it out for them man he's so perfect pitch perfect in this role and there's a few scenes too where the camera does that almost like de palma-esque like from the underside of them it's like resting on the guy's desk looking up yeah. at him Speaking of that scene, before I forget it, man, when she hears about him being on a boat, boat. her reaction is like so subtle, Mm -hmm. but you see her panic, not panic, but like everything, her emotions and like her vision in her face was perfect. Cause you're like, Mm -hmm. oh, what's she going to say? Is she going to blow it up right there in front of everybody? Love that reaction of hers. I mean, how about Vigo's suit? That dirty ass gross suit that he was wearing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like he got it off a dead body. 
and you put it on. <laughs> <laughs> so foul. Um, I'll make maybe like a quick point for me, but the movie is written by David Kep. Uh, apologies mm-hmm. if I'm not pronouncing that correctly, but I mean, this guy's filmography, Spider-Man, Insane. the Toby, Jurassic Park, Mission Impossible, Lost World, Panic Room, Death Becomes Her, um, Indiana Jones, The Dial of Destiny, and Crystal Skull. He's got and Snake Eyes, um, The Shadow. Those are some amazing credits. That, that guy must get like crazy residuals every year in those movies. <laughs> right? I thought you were going to say. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's got some, he's got some stinkers too. Uh, we don't have to get into those, but yeah, I, I, I thought it was pretty impressive. His filmography. Pardo, next on your list. You know, I didn't, I didn't realize that this movie was a noir going into it. Um, and I think when I watch noir movies, or like when I think of the good ones, I think of movies pre like 1980. So the fact that this is 19, uh, 1993, I think this would, you know, this is like a, a neo noir really. And it, it didn't really hit me until the end that it was like, wow, this really has all the elements of like a good a good noir movie. And just the fact that this came out in the 90s. Um, just it, it feels like unique uh, in that mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, maybe I, I mean, I, I'm getting a little bit of ahead of myself, but I, I really enjoyed this movie and what it was able to like accomplish by carrying like those noir tones, even something that's, you know, iconic with that, of just like the relationship with Gail, um, the, the tragedy of it. Uh, I, you know, I, when the movie opens with you seeing him get shot, you know, starting at the end, it's like, whoa, this is like a really big swing to to mm-hmm. to go this direction. Like, this is a very bold choice that you're gonna watch this whole story knowing where it leads to. Um, and then even like the 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 narration, you know, that's kind of like a very common thing that you get in noir. And I th- I think that can be it, it can be really risky, at least for me. Like I often don't like when movies are narrated by someone, but I found the narration in this like really compelling and like worked mm-hmm. really well of just when he's kind of having like this inner monologue about the choices that he's making and knowing like, you know, am I going to get through this? You know, is this going to work out for me? You know, are they going to call me soft? Like all that, yeah. it it just balances so well, like his inner thoughts with what's happening to him all leading up to what you know is going to happen of him getting shot and then wondering is he going to survive? Is he going to get out of it? So I, I mm. thought all of those elements just worked really, really well throughout the whole movie. When Proto was saying that he really liked the movie, it was like, I'm like Ric Flair, 1992, post-Royal Rumble. <laughs> and he says, with a tear in my eye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love the noir aspect of it. I love the opening. How it just throws you for a loop. You almost like for, it completely forget about the opening by the time that scene actually does happen mm-hmm. by the end of the movie. Because presumably you see his death to start the movie. And then, but you're still, at least I am, invested in the journey to even get there. And the shootout at the train station, his smile when he thinks he finally got there to see Gail mm-hmm. at, on mm-hmm. the train. And then he screws it up because of the way he treated uh, Benny. I mean, you kind of forget about the beginning because it's a 144 minute it's movie. almost three hours long yes 
<laughs> that too. Oh <laughs> uh, boy. Uh, um, Danny. Yeah, this that that kind of goes into my next point. I think I really liked um this mob story because it was like the other side of a mob story. It's it's the uh it's it doesn't lean too hard on like the tropes of I mean it does kind of get into like the one last job and I'm out kind of trope. But he didn't want that. Like he didn't want one last job as like a hit or some sort of crime to get out. Like he wanted his one last job to be earn this money to to buy his way out to get to rent cars or wherever that he was going. Yeah. Like I liked this this kind of the boss wanting to get his way out. He was like he was already a fully formed gangster, did his time, and now he's devolving from this kind of life of crime. And it feels like a very unique story that I don't know that has, has been told as much as we get just the mob boss stories of like doing crime and then getting killed. This was like kind of like I'm done with that. He really was done after he got out of jail, turning his life around. He wasn't trying to do any crime and it felt very uh, fresh for like 1993, I think. Mm. Even now, I don't, I couldn't like compare this to anything else when we talk about like mob movies. I mean, we had the Irishman and other things that have come out and it doesn't feel like that kind of story has been told again. Right. And he gets out on technicality. It's the only reason he's even out of prison. Right. 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 Otherwise, he'd still be like sitting illegal wiretapping, right, right. Which is what he does again. the The DA does again. Like he can't even use the tapes he played <laughs> for Carlito. <laughs> God, that's yeah. Sweet. I thought the same thing about this story of how it, it did feel fresh and unfamiliar of this guy who's lived the whole life of crime already, and this is just his his final his final chapter, um, and how they could just like kind of pull in these characters, you know, it's like, Oh, what's his face is here. And the car, the look on Carlito's face, like he's still alive or, you know, whatever. <laughs> I'm just like, Oh, there's like all this baggage that he's carrying around with him. And like, all of a sudden it's like, here it is. It's like this person that he thought was from a different life is back in his life again. Um, there were so yeah. many moments like that, that were really well done. Yeah. I think this was probably my first introduction to that kind of anti-hero being so close to getting it right, but their past always like catching up to them in some mm-hmm. way, shape, or form. And like for people that, you know, have read comics, like that's generally the kind of comic books that I've always gravitated towards as well, like my favorite ones. So this might be kind of that like bedrock of a story in film, at least, for that type of character. Um, and I love the, I guess this will be my, like, my final point, but like the Gale storyline I loved. You know, mm-hmm. the the woman he left behind and broke off when he went to prison, him kind of tracking her down to the studio, you know, on the top of the of the building, watching her with a trash can top over his head. <laughs> and I, lo- I loved their, his like reintroduction to her after like she leaves the studio. He's like talking to her and she calls him Charlie. Um, gosh, she's so good in this movie. And then mm-hmm. obviously, I think maybe my, one of my favorite scenes is when he's at the door. And the chain, oh, she's no, like, God. she asked him to surprise, you know, we don't plan it, like, surprise me one day. And he's like, when? <laughs> like, they're asking when to surprise her. <laughs> so he shows up at her apartment and then that great scene plays where he has to bust the door down. I mean, when Al Pacino busts a door down. He fractured his shoulder. 
to embrace <laughs> Gail after she struts in front of that mirror. What a friggin' scene. I love that scene. Their whole dynamic is amazing. Unbelievable mm. scene. Like, I mean, talk about romance. Like, that's like a top tier yeah. to me, like lover scene Goodness. in and I don't know. Like, Get into it. I mean, it's hot. It's hot there, baby. <laughs> I mean, it's hot. It it's is. Hot. It's so good. They left the door open. He didn't give an F. No. Did not give an F. I mean, that was that was years in the making. That scene. I also love too, like his reaction to seeing that she's dancing at the club. You know, she kind of almost makes it sound like she was doing her dream before, but she never said she wasn't working at a club. Mm-hmm. But yeah. they have like that conversation that I thought was pretty realistic of him trying to like bring up that like I thought you were doing something else, not this. Not that I'm judging mm-hmm. you. She has um, an amazing line. She says, "I had a dream, but I'm a, I'm now I'm awake." Oh, I wrote that down. What a line! <laughs> what a line! What a friggin' line! I think what I liked a lot about her too is she wasn't like a pushover. Like she was like equal. To Carlito in like um, she wasn't afraid of him. She wasn't afraid of like what he did. And there's something about her like strength compared to him. She was very like stood her ground. She was who she was, with or without him. And she he had to kind of accept her where she was at too. I really liked her. Mm-hmm. You got to listen to the women in your life. You know, mm. when your girl tells you not to go on the boat with your cokehead friend. <laughs> Just listen to listen. <laughs> or when she suggests that you'll have to bust down a door and then walks away and undresses slowly. <laughs> you might you have to bust do down that door, my friend. <laughs> uh, I don't really, I think I'm kind of on the honorable mentions now. The scene early on where when Al first gets out and they go to the bar, him and um, Dave. Match cut. <laughs> And the way they are, like their friendship, the way Al kisses Sean on the forehead, mm. just like the, the like the brotherhood that they have. Yeah. God, Kleinfeld have is my brother. <laughs> tells Pachanga <laughs> that, and like five other people not to have with him. I love that. Um, the The barbershop scene is great, where he goes with his 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 younger cousin to do the the job there to uh, make the exchange. There's like amazing tension built in that scene. Oh, like you yeah. can just feel it coming. Like his eyes start dart- darting around the room, and you're like, mm-hmm. "Uh oh, what's up?" Um, I thought that scene was amazing, especially how it's like the kid going over to the cooler, putting his hand there. Oh God, yeah. Pacino's lining up the shot because he knows something's about to happen. Uh, just really a, like amazing directing. Yeah, he hmm. know he knows like instantly like. I could be killed in the next two minutes. I need to yeah. plot a way out of this right now. So good. Mm. I love the flyover shot of Sean Penn walking to the prison, the the Riker prison or whatever mm. that's on the boat. The barge. The barge. The strut. Yeah, his little <laughs> strut. Also, his apartment that he has like with the view of the bridge. Jeez. Yeah. Unbelievable. Pacino keeping his watch on during lovemaking. <laughs> There's two kinds of people in the world. <laughs> if I still did the intros, that would be your intro clip. <laughs> uh, 
Um, oh, I didn't. The one scene I didn't understand is when he goes, which is an amazing scene, where he goes to Dave, who's in the hospital. The cop pats him down for a gun, but then he's able to give the gun to Dave. I, no, Dave had it. He had it pillow. on him already. Oh, that was Dave's. Oh, I thought he had. Yeah, I thought mm-hmm. he brought him another gun and put it on the table for him. Okay, I will say no, he was, just emptied the bullets. Yeah, he took oh. the bullets with him. It is kind of oh. nonsense that the cop let him in, just based on the fact that he said yeah. he's my lawyer. Yeah, and he's right. like, okay, go on in. Yeah, you could have been anyone. <laughs> There's nothing else you could do. You couldn't strangle him in there if you yeah. wanted. Um, him laying down on the escalator to get oh. by them. It's kind yeah. of hilarious. That was amazing how he he blew all those guys away. Mm-hmm. Mm. What a boss. Um, <laughs> that would have taken like four attempts in the mission in GTA to get <laughs> oh all those God. guys. Yeah. <laughs> you might have even had to adjust the difficulty level. <laughs> F5, reload. <laughs> Screwed it up again. <laughs> um, I did think it was kind of comical, the whole how Benny Blanco appears at the end there to shoot it. That felt like a scene from a comic book. Even his life, I forget what he said, but something like, I'm Benny Blanco or whatever. I don't know what he said. Remember me? Oh, yeah. If you rewatch that scene too, you see Benny run mm-hmm. right next to Al towards yeah. the train. Like they're both running away from the camera at the side same time. Side. And oh. you see him like, it's like just this weird shot that they included of him running. Um, but I do, I love, I love the ending. Man, I love just the monologue of him looking at the sign of the paradise of like the Caribbean there and seeing Gail dancing. Um, gosh, like mm-hmm. that is so well done. I was just like, when the credits started rolling, I felt like so satisfied with this movie mm-hmm. of just like as a complete story, it just felt great. I mean, I had a great time watching this. Um, I'm at four stars for Carly. <sighs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I'd be curious for you to continue on some De Palma bangers afterward to see what you think of his other films. Like uh, Body Double, Dress to Kill. Um, yeah, I, I have seen Mission Impossible this. 1. My I was saved De Palma. Mission Impossible is definitely my first De Palma, but I think at the time I didn't I had no idea that he directed it. I think even when I watched Scar- Scarface for the first time, I didn't know it was a De Palma movie either. Mm. But it's probably been 20 years since I saw Scarface. So I I don't even know what I would think of that now. But yeah, I have some work to do in the De Palma department. <laughs> no pun intended. Danny I think the only last thing I want to talk about, we've kind of gone over it though. That final like chase scene is like 25 minutes long it's yeah it's intense and it's intense the whole time when he first you know when he gets the he like it it basically starts when he leaves the da playing on the tape and he buys those train tickets for gail and he gets her out he gets louise guzman to take her to the train station and he enters that club when he's trying to find the cash behind the counter and he's running for like there's so much it's so tense until he gets shot at the end and then you're back at the beginning wondering how he's i just can't get over how well done that third act is Mm. like i'm pretty bored i'm not gonna be honest i'm pretty bored for a bit of this middle section it's fine even like the boat stuff it was just like whatever but you get to this third act and it it's pretty killer. I mean, De Palma's like a master of this yeah. kind of the storytelling. Um, 
I just can't get over how well that scene is. When he laid down on the escalator, I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> it's so stupid, but like it worked, but didn't work. Like he got caught still. Mm-hmm, like yeah. it was pretty like great. He did everything he bright he needed to do possible except for like one thing. And it bit him in the ass. Also, like him pacing ass. through the club, you know, after he leaves their table, he's he's oh. briskly walking mm-hmm. around and they have their eyes trained on him. I also love too where he like you said, he's he's generally like two steps ahead ahead of everyone. He knows mm-hmm. that their presence in the club means yeah. that they're on to him. Yeah. And he's like going through every <clears throat> scenario possible. Uh, I think that's also like one of my favorite things is that he's generally smarter than everybody in this mm-hmm. movie. And you hear it and you see why. And it's essentially kind of like just being a badass the whole time. Um, but I, I love that stuff. I felt like that was the only the only thing I didn't really get is why he was uh why he was such a jerk to Benny Blanco. Like what made him just hate this guy and want to like, you know, ha- have that reaction to him, you know, especially when he's like he's just trying to get out and like he's almost there and you kind of know when it happens that this is going to be part of his undoing mm-hmm. and it, it it felt kind of like i i maybe i felt like I, I just wish there was some kind of reasoning or explanation as to why he would have that reaction to benny the way that he did yeah his first in, encounter i think they said like he's a young car, he's like a young you right and i think pachango or the the waiter is like this is this was you 20 years ago and he's like not mm-hmm. me I wasn't like that. He was like offended that they were mm. comparing him to Benny Blanco from the Bronx. I, at least that's my mm. view of it. I love the back alley kind of voiceover when he's talking about being soft and he's with, Pach- is it Pachanga? No, Louis Guzman's character. And you can see then that Louis sees in Carlito that he's not the same kind of criminal. Mm-hmm. Like he would have killed Benny yeah. any given Sunday. Yeah. before prison and Louis sees him and you can kind of see that he's going to turn on him a bit. There's a bit, there's a bit in that look back at him. There's even a bit or Jack and Grace are saying, you know, they're annoyed by how many were com- comparing him to him, reminded him of all the choices he made and like trying to distance himself essentially from being Benny younger. Mm-hmm. But there was also a scene where, where Vigo and his corpse suit arrive <laughs> in his office and Pachanko like leaves did you catch that? He he knows Vigo's up there and he walks out to like avoid what's about to happen. So Pachango is like mm. pissed off, I think, for like a lot of this movie. And he's like mm. hard to read. Because there, well, there was that scene where they said he's like pissed off because he's not making enough money being his bodyguard. And he even mm. brushes that aside. He's like, all right, I'll take care of it. How about when Benny then shoots Pachanga and Gail <sighs> doesn't even flinch? <laughs> doesn't even blink an eye. <laughs> like she's not like how is she not thinking I'm next right yeah true yeah why didn't he shoot her hmm. there's a code <laughs> um I don't have much more the line last of the Mohicans <laughs> right yeah. feels like I probably can't say that on the podcast <laughs> might have to I might have to bleep that I almost put that on the poster <laughs> oh my god <laughs> Lord have mercy. I'm bumping it up to four stars. I was at three and a half. Yeah. The ending of this film really is something special. It's it's great A De Palma. Mm. Have you seen Blowout, Danny? No, I haven't, but oh I, I need God. to now. It reminds me of Blowout, this ending. It's okay. Yeah, it's same vibes. Mm. 
I'll put it on my mental watch list. <laughs> the, I will say too, the 4K of this looks fantastic. The recent yeah, restoration. it looked really good. Looks great. Um, how about Steph and Kleinfeld in that bathroom stall? Jeez, Louis, oh have God. mercy. Steph was even asking Carlito how, how come he never wanted her. Did mm. I write that scene down? Let me see. She has that dog in her. She <laughs> 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 um, I loved his voiceovers about how Dave has changed over the over mm. the years. Like Dave ain't scared no more. And how they're talking about how he like, you know, made a name for himself. I love his speech in the courtroom. Rehabilitated. Reinvigorated, reassimilated. So good. There is a point where he's, where you're at the Pacino era, where it feels a caricature of himself a bit. Mm. Mm-hmm. Love him saying tranquilo in the pool room. <laughs> tranquilo, tranquilo. I'm going to say that next time at a bar. His one Spanish line he knew. <laughs> <laughs> For a Puerto Rican. Listen, I bought it. I bought it hook, line, and sinker. <laughs> <laughs> I never not thought he was Italian in this film. They how about them even saying that in the yeah, end? Yeah, that line is so. <laughs> I thought good. he was Italian. Oh, uh, let's see. Charlie, they embrace. I'm a Riker prison barge. A prison barge is that, is that a real thing? thing? I have no idea. Oh, okay. I thought it's you guys would know. No, I don't know. It sounds like a thing from the comic books. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> I got effing diapers, man. <laughs> Oh, the first, yeah, when the, the waiter tells Pacino Carlito, he's like, but Steph belongs to Benny Blanco. And he's like eating a, a dinner at, at his table. Mm. His, the way he delivers, who? Who? <laughs> at, at, at him? Oh my God, iconic. So much coke at that, that party at Kleinfeld's. People are eating. You're getting a hand job. <laughs> <laughs> also, just his delivery and when he's screaming, <laughs> cracking yeah. me up. Oh my god! I mean, five stars for me. Obviously, mm. I rated it mm. five stars ahead of time. Mm. Love this movie. I feel like nobody talks about it, you know, as much as kind of the the, the big Pacino. I love Pacino. Said that before on Heat. I think it gets lost in the fluff of like wacky Pacino, you know, Dunkachino. The man's done some work, folks. Mm-hmm. He's done some great watch, work. Watch Dog Day Afternoon. Dog Day. I'd love to watch uh, Donnie Brasco, actually. I'd love to rewatch Any Given Sunday also. Um, Cruisin', I feel like I recently rewatched. That one's a wild movie. There's Yeah, there's a dancing club scene that Pacino is in. It's really wild. Uh, all right, that's it for Carlito's Way. Next week is... Logan. We couldn't have planned it any better with this Deadpool Wolverine Nonsense. situation happening. Let me check back in our IG poll to see what people are saying about us covering Dune. 98%. Check back. Who said no? I'll, I'll block them. I'm not going to say their name, but their first name. me. <laughs> I responded. Uh, Logan is next week. The week after that is Dune 2. We'll reveal the theme for March. Um, any closing thoughts, Proto? Carlito's Way in the rear view. Uh, Danny finally watching Logan next week. Oh, gosh. Oh, Danny's the one who hasn't seen it. <laughs>
First time, baby. Wow. Wow. It's going to be a big week. Uh, closing thoughts. You know, I've been given book recommendations. I figured why not give another one uh, if you enjoyed Carlito's Way or maybe if you, maybe if books are more your thing. Maybe you didn't care for this movie. Um, great book, Carlito's Way. <laughs> it's based on a book. Read that. Often, and then also has a sequel, After Hours. So you can get two books on Carlito. My, that's my pick for the week. <laughs> we'll see everyone for Logan next week. is a tape deck production featuring original artwork provided by Danny Haas. Spiritual Guidance and V'ger, the robot who loves movies, provided by Pertalexis. Producer at large, Dale underscore A. And music composed by Cinematric. Prints and other merch are available on 70mmpod.com. This episode was mixed, edited, and produced by me, Slim. Support our Patreon for access to our VHS Village Discord to talk movies with new friends, access to our exclusive episodes in the 70mm vault, discounts on merch, uncut episodes, and a physical membership card mailed to you. To check out other Tape Deck podcasts, find the link in the episode notes. And if you'd like to support our friends at Letterboxd and upgrade to pro or patron status, you can do so with a 20% off discount using the links on 70mmpod.com. Goodbye. This, this, this is a Tape Deck Podcast. Mm-hmm.